0: Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book, Lawrence in Arabia, War, Deceit, Imperial Folly, and the Making of the Modern Middle East. Most people should be familiar with one of the most destructive wars in European history, World War I. The war left more than 10 million people dead and 20 million wounded. As for the front lines of the conflict, you might be more familiar with major fronts in Europe, where the largest number of troops were deployed. With that being said, far fewer people may have paid attention to the lesser battlefields of World War I in the Middle East. But in actuality, the situation in the Middle East was equally volatile and treacherous. The theater of war in the Middle Eastern was further complicated by the fact That it was not taken as seriously by the military leadership of the combatant nations. This gave a few military amateurs the chance to engage in operations. Undoubtedly, a prominent figure among those amateurs was Oxford archaeologist Thomas Edward Lawrence. Without a single day of military training, he transformed the situation on the desert battlefields and laid the foundations for the formation of the modern Middle East. Does hearing about this situation make you curious as to how an archaeologist got involved in the war? How did Lawrence single handedly change history and become a nearly legendary figure in the war? How did he become known as Lawrence of Arabia? You will find the answers to all these questions in the book. The book begins detailing Lawrence's relationship with the Middle East and his deeds during World War I, his military strategy, his schemes, his affection for the Arab people his disapproval of imperialist policies and efforts to support the struggle for Arab independence. This book deals thoroughly with all these aspects of Lawrence's complex relationship with the British army and the Arab world. The book received numerous awards. It was one of the top ten history books of the year 2014 on Amazon US and a New York Times notable book. Additionally, the Christian Science Monitor, The Seattle Times, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Chicago Tribune, and National Public Radio all voted it one of the best books of the year. Beyond these accolades, the book was a finalist for the National Book Critics Circle Award for Biography. In this bookie, we'll break our explanation of the way Lawrence shaped the history of the Middle East into three parts. Part 1, The Frustrated Archaeologist in the Early Days of the First World War. Part 2 – An Influential Advisor on Arab Affairs During the War Part 3 – A Resolute Defender of National Independence at the End of the War Part 1 – The Frustrated Archaeologist in the Early Days of the First World War The story of Englishman Thomas Edward Lawrence's encounter with the Middle East started with his senior thesis. In 1909, Lawrence was studying history at Oxford University's Jesus College. He intended to write a thesis on military architecture. For this reason, he planned to spend the summer studying the crusader castles in the Syrian Near East. Lawrence's research interests were not limited to a few famous fortifications. He wanted to undertake a single-handed visit to survey almost all the castles in the area. When he informed the famous archaeologist David Hogarth about this plan, Hogarth strongly opposed it. Because Lawrence's journey would involve trekking thousands of miles through deserts and rugged mountains in temperatures over 49 degrees Celsius 120 degrees Fahrenheit, it could be regarded as an unrealistic, crazy, and impossible mission. But Lawrence had made up his mind and had to go. The year was 1909, and Lawrence was 20 years old. That September, a bizarre figure appeared on the plains of northern Syria, a short, lean Englishman with a knapsack on his back. Imagine the scene, Lawrence trudging along in front, followed by a line, a squadron of cavalry. It turned out that the local Ottoman provincial governor was so interested in the British traveler that he entertained him with the same courtesy afforded a dignitary and sent his horsemen to protect him. The journey made Lawrence fall in love with the desert people. The locals welcomed him with warmth and generosity. Even though the people were penniless, wherever he went, people invited him to their homes for dinner. So, after Lawrence returned to England and learned that Hogarth would be leading another archaeological expedition to the ancient ruins of Carchemish in northern Syria, he immediately pleaded with the great archaeologist to let him be part of the project. During the excavations, by interacting with the archaeological expedition team's local helpers. Lawrence gained insight into their lives, learning about their political views, rituals, and customs. His Arabic was becoming increasingly fluent, and Lawrence's popularity with the local Arabic population grew. Unlike some other delicate Europeans, Lawrence could walk for days without complaint, work hard for hours under the punishing sun without rest, and endure the pain of dysentery and malaria as calmly as the local people. Respect and admiration for the local Syrians' endurance, made Lawrence begin to doubt and for the first time, question the idea that the West should make it their business to enlighten and indoctrinate these supposedly underdeveloped people. He witnessed Arabs' nobility and felt that, instead, it should be the foreign visitors who should learn from the locals. All these formative experiences had a significant impact on Lawrence's future conduct during World War I. The war broke out in 1914. On one side were the Central Powers, comprising the German Empire, Austro-Hungarian Empire, and the Ottoman Empire. In opposition, waging the imperialist war on several fronts were the Allied powers, made up of the British Empire, the French Third Republic, and the Russian Empire. On November 2, the Ottoman Empire entered the World War. Due to his expertise in Syria, Lawrence was assigned to the British Military Intelligence Unit in Cairo, Egypt. Lawrence was put in charge of the unit's map room. Some background knowledge will be useful before we go any further. At that time, Syria was not an independent state, as it is today. In 1516, Syria was incorporated into the Ottoman Empire. It remained a part of the empire until the outbreak of the war. The Ottoman government enacted political oppression, and with ruthless economic greed, it plundered the Syrian people. Consequently, there was long standing conflict and downright hatred from the Syrians toward the Ottoman government. Contemplating the situation in this Near East region from his map room, Lawrence found that, although the Ottoman Empire had been well protected by its geographical location, there was a weak point in its defenses, Alexandretta, in northwestern Syria. With his special knowledge of northern Syria, Lawrence knew that the Arabs and Armenians in the north had a strong aversion toward their Turkish neighbors. The Turks founded the Ottoman Empire, and it served their interests. The situation in Armenia was similar to Syria's plight. It had been absorbed into the Ottoman Empire that regarded the Armenian people as ethnic outsiders. To this day, due to the bitter treatment Armenians received under Ottoman rule, contemporary Armenia has yet to establish diplomatic relations with modern-day Turkey. Therefore, Lawrence's hunch was that if a British force landed in Alexandretta, they could incite the Arabs and Armenians to turn against the Turks. And that would undoubtedly strengthen British efforts to repel and contain the Turkish advance. Lawrence informed Britain's military leaders of his strategy, hoping that they would soon put his scheme of landing an attack force in Alexandretta on the agenda. Yet, his plan didn't work out as he hoped. The senior British military command had already picked the Dardanelles Strait as their target, and abandoned Lawrence's Alexandretta plan, with catastrophic consequences. There were three reasons for this decision. First, the Dardanelles Strait was the gateway to Constantinople, the political and spiritual core of the Ottoman Empire. If it was breached, the British could quickly capture Constantinople to dismantle Ottoman Empire completely. Secondly, the senior British military command was arrogant. They stubbornly believed that the Turkish forces were made up of third-tier troops, inadequately trained, and poorly armed. Hence, the Turks were not a force worth worrying about. Lastly, French intervention, the French had put forward a claim to Syria before the war. If the British forces marched into Syria, the French wanted involvement in the operation, so that they could have Syria to themselves in the aftermath. But since the French were stretched out thinly on the Western Front, they could not spare any troops to mount the attack on Alexandretta, and they requested Britain not to touch this area either. Thus, the Alexandretta landing was shelved, and the British assault on the Dardanelles Strait ended in a stunning defeat. Lawrence angrily believed that it was mainly the French obstruction that ruined the Alexandretta scheme. In a letter to his family, he wrote, So far as Syria is concerned, it is France and not Turkey that is the enemy. Later, when the British forces once again, turned their attention to Lawrence's Alexandretta scheme, again, the French opposed it, thwarting the landing plan for a second time. It was never mentioned again. It left Lawrence with a profound distrust of the French. The British military leaders didn't take Lawrence's military strategy seriously. All he could do was follow his order in ordnance and mapping. However, soon, the outbreak of a revolt would change Lawrence's life completely and bring him unparalleled glory. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.